0: You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Peter understood that Jesus was the Christ.
1: He did not understand. He had partial revelation. He did not understand that he, being the Christ, was going to have to suffer for the sins of mankind. He didn't get it. Matter of fact, folks, they they did not get it. The Twelve did not get it until after Pentecost. They were dazed and confused until after Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit fell, they got bucket loads of revelation.
0: In your walk with Jesus, have you ever doubted what it's all for? Have you ever taken a step back and wondered why you're making sacrifices for a God you've never seen? Today in his message, Pastor Jeff illustrates that you must never doubt the power of who Jesus is. It's okay to have doubts, but the most important part of being a Jesus follower is believing that He is alive and rose from the dead. Leave your doubts at the feet of Jesus and remain true in being a godly example for the world. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Mark chapter 8 as he begins his message, The Power of What You Think About.
1: We're going to turn to the book of Mark chapter 8. I'm going through the book of Mark and I'm pulling things out of it that are, that are jumping out at me. I learned a long time ago, if it doesn't move me, it's not gonna move you. That's just common sense, isn't it? If it's boring to me, I'm gonna bore you. If it, if it jumps out at me, it's gonna jump out at you. And so uh, I wait for something to move my heart. And uh, uh, you know, we could real technically tear Mark apart and look at it, but I would rather share what has become life uh, to me, out of uh, this book. So I want to talk about the the power of what you think about. The power of what you think about. Now we're going to look at Simon Peter is about to tell Jesus who he really is. And let's read it and then we'll look at it. Two different scenarios here. Simon Peter scores a bullseye and then he totally flops. It says, he said to them, that is Jesus, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. Now, if you were reading this in Matthew, then uh, it would say, you, you would see Jesus turning around to Peter and saying, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and he gives him the keys of the kingdom and all this. But now, Mark is far more brief as we've talked about. So, Mark doesn't go into all that dialogue. He just says, then Jesus strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him. But keep in mind that Matthew says, Jesus gave him a great big compliment at this point. Now let's go to the next one. And he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Everybody say, oh me, you don't rebuke God. You don't rebuke God now. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, read it with me, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. We're talking here now about Simon Peter, and I'm so glad the Bible tells us the truth about the disciples, because the disciples were just normal people like you and me. They were just normal like you and me. And here you got Simon Peter. Shortly after being praised by Jesus because he received a revelation about who Jesus was, and it was by the Spirit because Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood, your own brilliance, Peter, your own mind did not come up with this. You did not deduce that I am the Son of God, that I'm the Christ, My father in heaven revealed it to you, and that's why I tell you folks often God is not discovered, He's revealed. God's never discovered by the human mind or human effort. God is revealed, God decides He's going to reveal Himself to us. The the entire Word of God is God simply deciding, I'm going to reveal myself to the human race, this is what I'm going to let them know, and so. Simon Peter did not watch Jesus for a while and come to his own conclusion. God opened up his eyes and showed him that he was the Christ. God, who is a God of revelation, opens our eyes to understand the word of God. Now, though Peter understood that Jesus was the Christ, he did not understand. He had partial revelation. He did not understand that he, being the Christ, was going to have to suffer for the sins of mankind. He didn't get it. Matter of fact, folks, they, they did not get it. The 12 did not get it until after Pentecost. They were dazed and confused until after Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit fell, they got bucket loads of revelation. But until then, when he was crucified, they didn't get it. When he was beaten, they didn't get it. When he told them he was gonna die for them, he didn't get it, they didn't get it. When he said, I'm gonna rise from the dead, they said, huh? When he said to them, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, they started arguing about whether or not they brought enough bread. These guys were just normal guys trying to figure out a supernormal, supernatural Messiah. So they didn't get it until the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to fall on us. I mean, have I had him fall on me? Yes. But do I need it again? Yes. Did it happen to me yesterday? Yes. Does it need to happen again? Yes. I don't live on spiritual fumes. I live on fresh experiences. Because when the Holy Spirit falls, there is always with him a spirit of revelation. And so Simon Peter had part of it. When Jesus said, I'm going to have to be killed, he didn't get it. And he literally pulls God aside and starts rebuking God. Say with me, he didn't get it. I mean, if you can imagine God wrapped in skin staring at you and you're rebuking him, saying, Far be it from you that you would do that. And Jesus wheeled around and he said something extremely important to Simon Peter. He said, you are not mindful of the things that be of God, but you are only mindful of the things that be of men. Now, the King James has a fancier word, savorist. And when I hear the word savor or savorist, I picture myself eating a steak or something. There's a flavor feeling to that word. But what Jesus was saying to him is so important. And I want us to put our minds on what Jesus said to his disciple because it will make the difference in your life, the difference in your walk. It will decide three things about your life that we're gonna look at what you mind, what you are mindful of. Now, let me just put this, this word up here. I try to, I'm not trying to Greek you out, but I wanna show you a word. That word mind or mindful or savorist comes from a Greek word phroneo. Can you say it with me? Phroneo. Now you can go out and tell somebody I'm learning Greek at church. All right, Phroneo. Now here's what the Greek word that Jesus used, here's what it means. It means to entertain, to set the affections on, to be mentally disposed toward a thing. Now the same word was used in Philippians 2.5. Let me just give you an example, a couple of other verses to give you an idea of what the word means. The Bible says, Paul wrote, let this mind, same word, phroneo, same affections. Let the, the same affections, the same mental focus be in you that was also in Jesus Christ. Now, I want y'all to understand that the Bible here is talking about our mind, not just our spirit, our soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. But now he's saying, you're, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your mind and strength and soul. You are to love God with your mind. So he's talking here about what we think about. Now here's another example. It's also used in Colossians 3.2 when he says, set your affections, same word, freneo. Your mental focus and your heart affections, where everybody? On things above, not on things of this earth. So notice what the word of God is saying to us. You have a mind and you have a will and your will decides where your mind is gonna go. If you couldn't set your mind on something, the Bible wouldn't tell you to. But the Bible's telling us, set your mind. On what? On the things that are above. Well, I used to think, well, what does that mean? Am I supposed to be thinking about angels or, you know, cherubim? How can I set my mind on what is above? It's also your affections. Set your mind on the things that are of God. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. If I want to set my mind on things above, I can just open up this book and read it. And I'm setting my mind on the things above because this is from above. I'm to set my mind on Christ, my mind on God, my mind on the things of the Spirit. Set your mind. Jesus is telling Peter that his mental focus and his heart affections were in the wrong place. And this moved him to rebuke Jesus out of the will of God. There is something that we need to get a hold of when it comes to setting our thoughts, setting our mind, what we think about, what we dwell on, what we muse, what we, what we meditate on, what we mentally regurgitate during the day. Amen, Pastor Jeff, I'm with you. I, I, you know, y'all's know, you mind is thinking, I can, I can hear it. You know, this was something, Jesus was giving Simon Peter a truth that I think could be spoken about every one of us. See, look at Simon Peter. He was a roller coaster. One minute, he's moving in Revelation. Next minute, he's moving in the flesh. One minute, man, he's got a grip on who Jesus is that none of the 11 had, and he is singled out. Man, Simon Peter, way to go. That's from God, and I mean, in the next step, he steps into the flesh, just like this. Have you ever felt that way? You feel real spiritual when you walk out in the morning until you get in rush hour traffic. And then you go from spiritual to fleshly. Anybody in here gonna tell the truth and say, amen, I've done that. If you, or on your way to church on Wednesday nights. Now, that, this word, phreneo, when it's used in this verse, uh, it's in a verb tense, just follow me here, it's in a verb tense that means to be ongoingly or continually doing something. Now, here's what Jesus was telling Peter. Peter, you are ongoingly, continually viewing life through the eyes of the flesh and not with the mind of God. And Peter, it's causing you to miss me. It's causing you to miss what's going on. It's something that you choose. We're not we're talking about, uh, not about an emotion, but we're talking about setting your mind by choice. So Jesus is saying to Peter, he's saying, you're not being consistent, Peter. One minute, you've got the revelation. The next minute, you're in the flesh. You're not being consistent. Now, I got to tell y'all, what, what, what's happening in my own heart, there has come a longing into my heart that I want, to, I want to grow into the fullness of the stature of the adulthood of a man of God. That's what I want. I mean, I, and, and what that means is, that means I want to be in the fullness of the stature of Christ. I don't want to be dealing with uh, childish things anymore. I don't wanna mess, I don't have time. I'm 54, life is moving on. Some things I wanna get done. And one thing that I don't have time for is childish stuff. I wanna grow up, it's a longing. And I know that, that Paul had the same desire for the church. He said, I'm praying for you, I am interceding for you, until Jesus be formed in you. That means you think like him. You walk like, see, you're never gonna be like Jesus till you think like Jesus. It's not ever gonna happen. You gotta think like Jesus to be like Jesus. And the only way you're gonna think like Jesus is having your mind renewed. The only way your mind is gonna be renewed is if you make up your mind to set your mind on things above set your mind to grow up. No longer being mindful or focused on the carnal things of this world, but focused on and having your affections on the spiritual things of God. In love with him, seeking him, driven to become like him. Set your mind. Can you say with me? Set your mind. Man, this is so important. Now, Here's what we learn from the story. Spirituality is a mindset. Spirituality is a setting of the mind. It's a setting of the mind. I was thinking today about a movie I saw a while back, and there was a, a ship out at sea, and there was a terrible storm, terrible winds blowing and beating against that ship, and you know, it was one of these older movies where it's rocking back and forth, and you got this salty old sea captain, and he's in his cabin and you got a first mate and he's got a hold of this wheel. And he's saying to this first mate, turn it, turn the wheel, set the rudder, just set the rudder. Because no matter how the wind is blowing, we will go the direction the rudder is set. Now I want you to think about that. Because James said, your tongue is like a ship's rudder. And no matter how the wind is blowing, how the storms are beating against the house. You have a choice to set the rudder. And I'm not just talking about your tongue, I'm talking about your mind, your thoughts, your thought life. See, what direction is your life gonna go? You gotta set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on the word of God. Set your mind on Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about walking around all day where you never think about anything else. I'm not talking about being so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I'm talking about initially, I would say first thing in the morning, you set your mind on the things of God. Have you ever noticed how if you don't do that, you're playing catch up the rest of the day? So spirituality is a mindset or a lack of it. And it depends a great deal on what you set your thoughts on. You know, if you were to stop and think about it, what do you think about all day long? What is really on your mind? If you were to look at your thought life and you were to say, well, I either usually think about fleshly things or spiritual. I would say I'm either predominantly spiritual or predominantly fleshly. Which would it be? What has captured your mind? You can set your mind on one of two things. I'm you're saying with me, the things of God or the things of men, or of the flesh. That's your choice, there's no other choice. Your mind is either on the things of God or it's on the things of men, period. Scripture teaches that what you set your mind on decides your walk in either the flesh or the spirit, what you set your mind on. How many of you wanna walk in the spirit? You wanna walk in the spirit? If you walk in the spirit, you're gonna bear the fruits of the spirit. You walk in the Spirit, you're going to have a much better life than if you walk in the flesh. And you know what the Bible says? That what you set your mind on decides whether or not you're going to walk in the flesh or in the Spirit. Romans 8:5. look at this now. For those who live according to the flesh, what do they do, everybody? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. Now I want you to catch that truth. Let that hit you between the eyes. What you set your mind on, Decides whether or not you're in the flesh. If you're walking in the flesh, it's because your mind is set on the flesh. Now, did you ever stop? Well, I just no. I'm walking in the flesh because the Holy Spirit hadn't knocked me over the head, and I'm I haven't been in church in a while. No. If you're walking in the flesh, you can track it to what your mind's on. Isn't that what it says up here? Is this a wickwireism, or does it say up, that up there? Okay. Now watch. But those who live according to the Spirit What do they do? They set their mind on the things of the Spirit. I want you just to stop and think about that for a minute. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit, or you set your mind on the flesh. So, according to Romans 8, if I want to walk in the flesh, all I got to do is think about fleshly things. If I want to walk in the Spirit, I need to think about spiritual things. And this comes right down to, you know, my friend Tom Dooley, he's got a new invention. You'll be, you'll be seeing it. Uh, he has put the entire Bible on an MP3 player that uh, it's, it's, it's this little gizmo. You can put it in your, in your top pocket or in your purse real easy. Got two earphones. And you can go through the whole Bible in a year listening 15 minutes a day instead of having to read the Word. If you're not a reader, you can be a listener. Amen. You know why I believe that thing is gonna go all over the world? Because churches all over the West, I don't know about the East, but I know in the West are discovering that their people are not in the word. They're not. They say, well, I'll just go hear the preacher on Sunday and maybe on Wednesday night. But aside from that, uh, you know, that's when I get the word. That's when I get my tank filled. But I got a newsflash for you. That's not gonna do it for you. Church ought to be a time when we're all overflowing with the power of the Word of God from what we have been experiencing all week long and all church is is an afterglow, just an outpouring of what's already been going on. But here's the deal. Like, I'll give you an example. There's a huge church in Rockwall that's got almost 20,000 people on a weekend going. The pastor took a poll, and in the poll, he asked, how often are you in the Word of God? And 28% of his congregation said, I'm regularly in the word of God. 28%. Everybody say, oh me, that's not an amen. That means if you had 20,000 people coming, 5,000 are in the word regularly. 15,000 aren't. Now I'm gonna tell you something about the 15,000. They're not having victory. They're not bearing fruit. They're not enjoying the presence of God. We've got to get in the word of God. You can't fiddle with the word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, not an occasional brush up against the word of God, but hearing. And so we need to be hearing all the time because look here, those who live according to the flesh have their minds on the things of the flesh. Now, I'm gonna tell you what I know and I'm not slamming a church. I don't know what the percentages in our church would be, but I want you to think about you. I don't care about, you know. don't worry about the person next to you, think about you. If your mind is not on the things of the Spirit, it is on the things of the flesh. You have no choice. So Jesus said to Peter, the reason you're missing God right now, Peter, is your mind is on the things of this world and not on the things of the Spirit. And you need to get your thinking right, Simon Peter. Well, we know that he later did, but my point is this. He says, set your mind on the Spirit, you're going to walk in the Spirit. Set your mind on the flesh, you're gonna walk in the flesh. Those that are walking in the flesh are doing so because they've set their minds on it. You can't get up and turn on the TV and watch the Today Show or Good Morning America and read a quick paragraph or two out of the Fort Worth Startlegram and go out and rush hour traffic and expect to get to the office filled with the Holy Ghost. Garbage in, garbage out. Life in, life out. Even with all this popping, I think I'm preaching pretty good here. I want us to get get this. All right. So the question is, what's your mind on? What is your mind on? How bad do you want to walk in the spirit? See, you're not mindful. Your mind can be full of either the fleshly things or the spirit. So if you want to walk in the spirit, get up and open up the Bible and let it talk to you. Listen to spiritual things. Listen to teachings. You have a million ways to get the Word of God into you. Don't let your spiritual life go anemic. Keep yourself full of the Word. Stay in the Word. Dwell in the Word. Meditate in the Word. When you get frustrated throughout the day, worship God and regurgitate mentally the Word and let it build you up. Now, here's the second thing. What you set your mind on, decide your state of being now listen to Romans eight, thirteen. Look what it says. For if you live according to the flesh, what will happen to you? But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live.
0: Today from Pastor Jeff, we learned what it means to stay committed to the cause for Christ. It's easy to lose sight of what our most important task is. But when you backslide from remaining in God's Word, you start to turn into someone you never wanted to be fixate your gaze on eternity, and leave the trivial problems of this world behind. Sacrifice yourself daily, just as Jesus did for you on the cross. You can't be halfway in. Take the leap for the sake of Jesus. Here's Diane with some more info about Hardwired. For more teachings and information about this ministry, we encourage you to check out hardwired.org. Pastor Jeff Wickwire has many more messages there. You'll find them under the audio tab. This will surely help you be encouraged in the word. Once again, that's hardwired.org. We want to invite you to come back again next time for another teaching from Pastor Jeff. Daniel has more on that, giving you something to look forward to. In his next message, Pastor Jeff shows you the dire importance of giving your all to the Lord. Time is of the essence. The longer you remain in your own ways and avoid God's love, the closer to death you are. Secure your place in eternity and accept God's free gift of grace. He will never let you down and always wants what's best for you. Be washed clean by His grace and be a new creation. Find your divine purpose and lean into the blessings of the Lord. That's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the book of Mark next time on Hardwire.